Welcome back to Warrior Talk, the voice of Little Rock Christian Academy, a.k.a. Warriorville. This is Gary Arnold, your host and your head of school. You know, every week we like to grab 10 minutes of your time or so just to share an insight on school life, education, parenting, building community, and the grace and truth of Jesus. There's so much to talk about. Well, kind of closing out January, going into February, it's tax preparation season. So we thought it would be kind of appropriate to open the door and peek into a room called 529 plans. I mean, they're out there. Recently, legislations changed to allow it to uh, the benefit to be shifted from just college tuition payments to and college savings to K-12. And so I thought it would be a good time for me to invite one of our uh, school dads who works uh, you know, with Merrill Lynch to speak to the relevancy of 529s for us who are planning out tuition for a warrior education. So Toby Burkett's here uh, just to make things a little bit clearer for us. Toby? Well, first of all, just thanks for having me uh, on today. Uh, 529 plans are definitely a topic uh, of, of interest in the last couple of years uh, as some of the rules around uh, how parents can utilize the 529 plan to pay for education expenses has grown and changed. And so uh, a lot of interest uh, in this area recently. I think it's helpful to, uh, to just say a couple of things. Number one, um, before you decide whether you use a 529 plan or uh, a UGMA or UTMA account, it's just good for every parent to, to step back and have a plan for how they're going to save um, what's important to them in their savings. And so we won't spend a lot of time talking about that today, but, uh, but there are a variety of options that parents can use to save for education for their children. The specifically 529 plans uh, have historically been college savings accounts. And the uh, interesting uh, tax treatment of these plans is what made them so attractive. And so a parent or a grandparent uh, can fund these accounts on behalf of a child uh, and they put the money in to the account with after-tax dollars. Uh, the Typically the account is invested and the growth uh, gets to be uh, exempt from federal and state taxes so long as the money's used for a qualified education expense. Uh, now there's, uh, there's a finite list of those expenses, but think of them uh, like things that are costs that are mandatory for a child to go to college, room and board, tuition, uh, books and fees, uh, computer equipment, those types of charges uh, uh, typically are what's called a qualified educational expense. So a couple of years ago, uh, 2018, the rules were um, modified around uh, this definition of qualified education expense. And what got a lot of parents excited is that a qualified education expense now included tuition for K through 12 education. And uh, that was uh, uh, very much um, uh, a good opportunity for parents to use money they had set aside to now pay for education expenses they're incurring today. Um, a little bit of the unintended consequence of that action, though, that we've seen in the industry is parents had set aside, say, twenty-five or $30,000, uh, or, or any amount really, but, but significant amounts of money, and then just within a few short years, they've 
used all of that money they had set aside for college to pay for K through 12 education. And so, you know, it's it's kind of the old uh, the old saying of you you rob Peter to pay Paul. Um, now we've got a little bit of a crisis again around well how how ultimately does a parent now pay for college? And so uh, there's no right or wrong strategy on how you pay for education expenses. It just kind of goes back to my first point. You need to have a plan for how you're going to pay for these various expenses and understand that typically for most parents, there's a trade-off. If you're using this money for K through 12, you're going to end up having to, uh, to find another way to pay for college um, if you've already used the money. So uh, that's really um, a lot of the primary points we've seen uh, around the college uh, savings accounts recently, of the interest in those plans. Um, probably the, uh, the last thing that I would tell you, if you're going to use your 529 plan to pay for K through 12 expenses, um, uh, a lot of parents are simply uh, depositing the money that they're going to pay in that year into the 529 plan, collecting some sort of state income tax deduction if if your state allows for it, and Arkansas does. And then the next day or a few days later, then they're writing the check out of the 529 plan to their uh, educational institution, and and they at least get a state income tax deduction. Um, in, in Arkansas, uh, you can deduct at least uh, $6,000 per uh, contributor uh, to a 529 plan from your state income tax, and, and that limit goes up to about $10,000 total. So um, you want to check with your accountant on the specifics for that, but uh, there is some tax uh, benefit in the, using a 529 plan in Arkansas. So, you know, there's lots of interest in these 529 plans. Many of our listeners, Dr. Arnold, they're going to have a financial advisor or a CPA that they can go to and find out more information. We are certainly glad to provide any information to the school, some brochures and uh, and, and fact sheets around the recent uh, tax law changes. Um, but, but it is an opportunity for parents that they didn't have a few years ago that they might at least want to investigate. Well, thank you, Toby. We've had some questions about 529s, and Mr. Fink and I are definitely not experts, so we thought we would just tap into your expertise. And uh, we encourage any of you to seek your own financial advisor and begin planning for your optimal use of 529s for K-12 and for college education. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, I think eventually I will get to the coddling of the American mind. I keep saying it's on the horizon and then something else comes up. So hold me to it. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, God's peace and go Warriors. 